Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 says that Christ himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. However, this propitiation is conditioned upon our receiving it by believing in the Lord. Otherwise, everyone in the world would be saved. This is Matt Miller with Bob Danker, and we're going to talk about the conditions of the Divine Fellowship today. Bob, thanks for joining me for this program. It's good to be with you again, Matt. Bob, today is the sixth program we've been talking about the conditions of the Divine Fellowship, and I think we have a real treat today for our listeners. I'm looking forward to it. Could you give us a little review of bringing us up to date in our life study of 1 John on the importance of this fellowship and the conditions to remain in it? Yes, Matt. This book, of course, begins in chapter 1 with the Apostle John telling the believers how Christ, as the eternal life, was manifested by being incarnated, and how the apostles who were with him at that time, they saw him with their eyes, they heard him with their ears, and they even handled him with their hands. And so this incarnated word, who is the eternal life, who is Christ, became in a solid form that could be seen, heard, and handled. And then the apostles reported this eternal life, or this person who is the eternal life, to the believers, and they received this person. That means they received the eternal life through the apostles' preaching of the gospel. And this life that they received brought them into something wonderful called fellowship, And fellowship is the joint enjoyment, or to enjoy together the eternal life with the apostles and with the Father and the Son. So this fellowship brings all the believers into the enjoyment of the divine life. And this fellowship is experienced by us as the flowing of the divine life within us. So it's through the fellowship of life that we enjoy the Father, the Son, the Spirit, the apostles, all the believers. We enjoy the riches of the divine life through its fellowship. But John, in writing this epistle, he realizes that our entire Christian life depends on this fellowship. If we lose this fellowship, or if this fellowship is broken or interrupted, then our Christian life is damaged and all the benefits of the divine life are lost by us. So John was concerned that the believers would know how to maintain this precious fellowship which they have. And the first thing he warned them about the matter of sin. Sin is terrible in that it damages and interrupts our fellowship with God and with our fellow believers. Whenever we sin, the fellowship is interrupted. So John wanted us to be on the alert or to be warned concerning this terrible matter of sin. But then he also 
wanted to show us that God has made certain provisions that we can appropriate by faith to deal with and to solve the problem of sin. We still have sin in our nature. We should never be deceived to think that as believers in Christ, we no longer have sin. We do have sin, and John is very strong to point this out. But he does say if we sin, if we do commit sins occasionally, not habitually, and then we confess them, our Father is willing and he is faithful and righteous to forgive them. And that forgiveness followed by a cleansing. This is First John chapter 1, verse 7 and verse 9. talks about a cleansing. That means a washing away of all the stain of our unrighteousness. This is what maintains us in the fellowship of life. This restores the broken fellowship. So this is a marvelous provision that God has given us, and we're going to see more of that provision in this particular message. Well, that's a good lead into Witness Lee's first section today, Bob, because he's going to really get into this matter of fellowship and how our inheritance as believers is really to enjoy the divine fellowship with all the elements that you mentioned, with God, Christ, the Spirit, the apostles. Otherwise, how could we enjoy the ministry, their epistles, all the believers? There's so much we can enjoy, yet that's cut off when we are affected by this thing called sin. And yet the Apostle John gives us a provision in chapter 1 how to take care of it. Let's go to Witness Lee and get more into this matter. We'll come back and have more fellowship after that. We, the believers, all have been born of God. So we become God's children. God is our Father, and we are His children. We all have been born of Him. So, we have His life, which is the divine life, the eternal life, the indestructible life. Such a divine life we have. And this is the basic factor of our inheritance. In God's salvation, we do have an inheritance. And the basic inheritance is this divine life. You know, to be a human being by the human birth, we all have an inheritance. That is our human life. Suppose I die. That means I lose my human life. That's it. That's the termination of everything. In the same principle, the basic factor of uh, the spiritual inheritance is this divine life. Hallelujah. We have this divine life. And this divine life lives in us, moves in us, works in us, acts in us. So it issues the fellowship. And the fellowship is just the issue of these wonderful, marvelous, divine life. In this fellowship, we enjoy God. We enjoy the apostles. We enjoy all the believers, and we enjoy the church. All these enjoyments are depending upon this fellowship. But sin is in our flesh. And this one thing, the indwelling sin, damages mainly 
the very fellowship. This sin damages our fellowship. Then we lose the enjoyment of God. Then we lose the enjoyment of the apostles. Then we lose the enjoyment of the believers. And then we lose the enjoyment of the church life. In other words, <laughs> once we lose the fellowship, we lose the enjoyment of the entire spiritual inheritance. Bob, this is an important place to stop because everything in our Christian life depends on this fellowship of, and enjoyment of the divine life. Yet sin comes in to damage this enjoyment and to take away this fellowship. It just seems so clear what Satan's strategy is, and it also seems clear what God's provision is. Yes, Matt. I thought this was very enlightening where Witness Lee said that we as the children of God who have been born of him— and have received his divine, eternal life, we have an inheritance. If we are the son of a wealthy human father, we have a certain kind of physical inheritance, and that depends upon our human life. If we lose our human life, we lose our inheritance, right? We can enjoy nothing. But as children of God, we have God's divine life, and this life is our inheritance. As long as we have the divine life, we enjoy an eternal inheritance. And that inheritance is so rich and so marvelous. But the enjoyment of that inheritance depends on something called fellowship. When we're in the fellowship of the divine life, we have the enjoyment of the inheritance of the divine life. And as Witness Lee pointed out, this enjoyment This inheritance includes God himself and all that he is. All the riches of his life and nature become our inheritance. It also includes the apostles, because in this book, it's the apostles who bring us into the fellowship of life. Then it includes all the believers. We have fellowship with all the believers, and in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life as our inheritance. And it also includes the church. So when sin comes into our life to break and interrupt this fellowship, we lose everything. We lose the enjoyment of the divine life. We don't lose the divine life itself. We retain the life, but we lose the enjoyment of the life. And that is the most important thing for our Christian life that we need to maintain is the enjoyment of the eternal life which we received from God through our divine birth. Nothing is more important to us than the fellowship. When that fellowship is broken, we are in real trouble. We are suffering a great loss. So we need a way to restore this fellowship, to maintain this fellowship, so that we can continue in the enjoyment of our divine inheritance. And I would have to say, hallelujah, God has provided that way. He certainly has, Matt. Let's read 1 John 2, 1, and then go on to another portion here with Witness Lee. My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Here's Witness Lee. We have to admit two things. Number one, we have to admit that we still have sin. In our flesh. Number two, we still can sin. 
So we must often and constantly, even continuously, confess. Whenever under the divine light in the fellowship, we sense that we are wrong in certain things with certain person, right away we have to confess. Confess our sin to the righteous Father. Then he's ready to forgive us. Just like in the family, you know, the offended father is always ready to forgive the repentant child. Once we confess, our Father is the faithful God and righteous God. He's willing to forgive us our sins, and he's willing even to wash away the stain of our offense. So here we have the blood, and its cleansing is continuous, ready for you to enjoy its provision. The intention here is that we may not sin. We must be all the time having such intention. Oh, Lord, save me from sinning. Oh, Lord, keep me in your fellowship. Oh, Lord, preserve me all the time in your presence. Lord, all the time, ah, deliver me from sinning. Well, regardless how much we are on the alert, regardless how much we expect that we would never sin, <laughs> still very, very possible we sin. Then, in case we sin, we just confess. The provision there is ready. And uh, the forgiver is willing to forgive us. And he's ready to cleanse away any kind stain of our offense. This is the picture. Well, Bob, I like this picture. I'm really touched by Witness Lee's prayer expressing a desire to the Lord not to sin. Yet even though we have an intention not to sin, we still stumble, then we have the Lord's precious blood. Obviously, the Apostle John is writing this so we wouldn't sin, but the fact is, and Witness Lee said, it's very, very possible that we will sin. Yes, absolutely, Matt. John's intention in writing here is, as you said, that we would not sin, because John knows that if we do sin, the fellowship of the divine life will be interrupted, and that is a serious situation. So, John's hope is, and our hope is, and our prayer is, Lord, keep me from sinning. That means, keep me from offending you so that I would lose the fellowship of life. But, because we still have sin in our nature, it's very possible that we will sin. And as we walk in the fellowship of life, and we walk in the shining of the divine light, we see spontaneously our sins, defects, wrongdoings, failures, mistakes, and etc., which are many. So what should we do when we realize that we have sinned or we have done something that offends the Lord? The only thing we can do is to confess that sin or that mistake or that wrongdoing to the Lord. 
then God has a marvelous provision to take care of this sin that we've committed. First of all, he himself is our loving Father, so willing in his heart to forgive us. And then there's the blood of Jesus, his son, which was shed on the cross to wash away the stain of our sins and to provide the basis, the righteous standing, so that our loving Father can forgive us righteously. So our Father is willing, the blood is there as the provision, and as soon as we confess, 1 John 1 verse 9 says, God is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is a marvelous divine provision. And as soon as we confess, we have the inward sense that the fellowship of life is restored. We are forgiven, we are cleansed, and the enjoyment continues. Bob, this is wonderful, and I hope every listener, wherever they are right now, would enter into this provision and stop confess whatever sin is keeping them from the fellowship with the Lord, from enjoying the provision, the inheritance. There's so much in the Christian life. You know there's something keeping you from that. Stop right now. Just confess it to the Lord. And as Bob said, he's faithful and he's righteous to forgive you and to cleanse you. We've got one more very important point to cover in this life study program. So let's go on. It's in verse 2. And verse 2 says, He himself is the propitiation of for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. Here's Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. The divine provision is not just the blood, and it is not just the faithfulness of God, not the righteousness of God, but also a living person. And this even person is the one who shed his blood. And now he is our advocate. And he is such a one right with the Father. And this dear one, listen, is our propitiation. Here's the Father. Here are the children. And uh, the children offend the Father. And then the fellowship is broken, and peace is gone. Here's a case of turmoil. Now the children realize the situation, and the children would confess to the Father. And the Father is ready to forgive and to cleanse, and there is the provision of the blood to cleanse. And the Father has the faithfulness and the righteousness as also a kind of provision to forgive, to clean. Everything's fine. But how about the peace? Let me illustrate. In a family, quite often, the mother is peacemaker. The children offended the father. And there was a turmoil, a case of peace lost. Then the children repented and confessed, and then the father forgave. But still, the situation was not so pleasant. And at this time, the wise and nice wife and mother would appear. (laughs) Firstly, to say something to the children, and then to the father. She may say, 
children, that's okay. Your father has forgiven you. And then Simi turned to her husband saying, it's wonderful, the children all repented and confessed to you. <laughs> then all the family will say, hallelujah, amen. <laughs> you see, right away, the peace comes back. So you see, the mother is the propitiation, the peacemaker. Now the advocate is here. The peacemaker is here. And he makes all the parties involved happy. So you have peace. When you have peace, you are right away in the enjoyment of the fellowship. What a great and peaceful conclusion to the program today. Bob, we have to develop this matter of propitiation because in uh, the last program with Ron Kangas, he referred to this matter of propitiation, and you could tell he wanted to get into it, but he deferred to today's program, so we have to develop this a little bit. So in the last few moments of our program, why don't you give our listeners an affirmation of this propitiation that we just heard about, and hopefully it could usher some of our listeners right now into this very peace that the Apostle John talked about and Witness Lee is reiterating. Yes, Matt, it's a marvelous thing that John wrote concerning Christ as, first of all, as the advocate, like an attorney or a one who comforts us or bears or takes up our case in front of our Father. Then in verse 2, he says that, that Christ, this very Christ who's our advocate, is the propitiation for our sins. And propitiation here in this verse refers to a sacrifice that makes propitiation. So Christ offered himself to God as a propitiation sacrifice when he died on the cross. And the function of this propitiation or this sacrifice is not only to shed the blood that washes away our sins, but also to fulfill all the demands of our loving yet righteous Father so that uh, the situation of turmoil that is that exists between us and our Father whenever we sin, we sense there's a lack of peace, right? We, right. we lose the peace. And our Father is bothered. He's troubled by our sinning, and we're troubled by the fact that we've sinned. So there's no peace. So this propitiation, which is Christ as our sacrifice, for propitiation, comes in to satisfy all the demands of our righteous Father and to appease this whole situation, to give us not only a cleansing, but to restore the lost peace. And once this peace is restored, then our fellowship, our enjoyment of our divine inheritance in the divine life is restored immediately. This is a marvelous thing. How thorough God is to provide so many things for us to take care of our sin and to restore our lost fellowship with him. It's truly a marvelous thing. And I really appreciate the ministry of Brother Lee here in pointing out all these wonderful items to us. You know, Bob, the matter of propitiation is much deeper than we can cover in this program. There's a footnote referring back into Romans 3.25, referring back to Exodus with the ark, we just can't get into it because our time is up, but I would encourage our listeners to 
look at their recovery version if they have one. If they don't, go to the recovery version online at lsm.org. There's links to the recovery version. You can read it online with the footnotes. There's a lot there. Bob, we're out of time. Thanks for coming in today. It's a pleasure, Matt. And thank you for joining us. We really hope that you can experience this word propitiation. And it's not just a new word to you, but it's really something that has brought you peace with God today. If you'd like to get the materials that we offer, you can call us at one 888 Life study. That's 1 888 543 3788, or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Bob Danker, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening today. In both the first and last book of the Bible, God presents himself to man as the tree of life. Throughout the Bible, God is portrayed as food for man to eat and life for man to enjoy. In the tree of life, Witness Lee presents a view of God's heart that is little understood and seldom experienced by Christians today, revealing that it is God's desire that we receive Christ experience Christ, and enjoy Christ as our moment-by-moment supply. The Tree of Life from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.